This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, it's Ashley Kane here. I wanted to let you know that this podcast contains difficult themes around conversations which some people might find distressing. Listener discretion is advised. Please only listen if it feels safe for you. Onwards and upwards is the only option. Yeah. That's what I say to myself all the time. Onwards and upwards is our only option. Just keep going. Welcome to Fierce Minds, Kind Hearts, the podcast. An inspirational, motivational podcast to strengthen you, to inspire you, to make you believe that no matter what you're going through in this world, that you are strong enough to overcome it with a fierce mind and a kind heart. In this podcast, we'll be exploring some amazing people's tough struggles, but also their amazing moments so that you can relate, so that you can understand, and so that you can implement some of these values into your life to help you with your own personal situations. Let's go, champ! I want you to know with this podcast that you're not the only one that's going through the things that you're going through and we can help you. Listen up, learn, and have an amazing journey. Let's go champs. Yes, people, this is Ashley Kane, and I'm welcoming you to Fierce Minds, Kind Hearts, the podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by an old, dear friend and one of the most positive and energetic people I know, rapper, music producer, and DJ, Tom Zanay. Mate, it's good to have you here, and it's about time. Oh, thanks very much. That was a nice intro, that, bro. We do go way back, don't we, bro? We do go way back. Yeah. Thinking about it yet, can you actually remember the first time we met? Can we actually talk about yeah. the first time we met? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some things we probably can't mention, bro. <laughs> uh, as far as I'm aware, I think, was it my... Do you want me video? Or was it, did we meet before that? And then I, we, we clicked, and then I should have been the video, I think. Well, that's it, yeah. We actually met on a night out before that. It was a really good night, actually. And then from that... I got invited to You Are Me. Right, yeah, yeah, And to be honest, that was one of the most catchiest songs I've ever <laughs> yeah. heard. It was something that I was repeating for months and months after. I was like, okay then, watch what I say then. Bro, that song literally still goes absolutely insane. I'd done a show last night, and every time I play that song, it just erupts. It, it goes mentally. And what was that, eight, nine years ago? Yeah, I mean, it's my first and last music video appearance. Is it? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So oh, you should feel got pretty honest. Yeah, 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 sweet. So, um... Basically, yeah, Tom, I mean, this podcast is Fierce Minds, Kind Hearts. So I believe that everything you go through in life requires you to have a fierce mind because we're battled and we have to get through a lot of adversity that comes in our way. But I think if your fierce mind is powered by a kind heart, I think your potential is limitless and there's so much that you can give to this world. And I know that you're a person of both and that's why it was so important for me to get you here today. I just want to kind of know, yeah, when was the first time that you thought in your life that you adopted a fierce mind? Well, I just say I appreciate you saying that because that's a you know a massive compliment, and it's it, it's not easy for many people in this day and age to have a fierce mind, but use it with a correct kind heart. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's you've got to be fierce at the right times, but yeah. always be kind. Do you know what I mean? So I appreciate you saying that, bro. And I, I feel like I do kind of fit that criteria. Oh, yeah, I'd like to think I do. Yeah, so I appreciate that. If I were to you know describe a fierce mind, that, that's when you've got to be focused like yeah. laser focus as in to get out 
of a problem or get through a, a situation or you've got to be fierce enough to make sure you put yourself first and be and just get through anything and you know there's so many so many different scenarios I could tell you about where I've had to have a fierce mind which means you've got to be fierce with yourself I think yeah you've got to tell yourself right that's it I'm not taking no for an answer yeah. get up carry on get through this situation there's light at the end of the tunnel yeah. if you don't keep going you're not gonna see that light yeah. be fierce and keep I think having a fierce mind to me now obviously I've just had it sprung on me but I think that's when you've got to be fierce with yourself yeah you know and, and a kind heart is being kind to yourself yeah. but kind to others as well and I think it's, <clears> it's a time in your life where you know you've got to be accountable and responsible like if I can look at your situation and, and I feel like your situation is relatively unique. I know it's happened to a lot of people out there, but not necessarily someone that I've had on the show. Like when I look at you and I think you kind of adopted a first one and a kind heart at the same time because you had a son, was it at 16? Um, 17, when, 17 when he was born, yeah, yeah. Deacon. Yeah. And yeah. I know that you had to you had to step up at that point. I mean, I can't imagine what it'd be like to have a have a son at that age. Yeah, yeah. Have a child at that age, but it must have been a very pivotal moment for you. Uh, you know what it, it really was because my son just turned 16 last week you know so that is absolutely insane <laughs> and <laughs> he's a completely different person to what I was at his age yeah. he's so mature he's so strong but at the same time he's still he's 16 you know, I don't even look at him like 16 year old yeah. so I look at him like it sounds cliche but as a, a little boy do you know what yeah. I mean whereas at his age I was completely different and um, yeah I I, uh, I got kicked out of school when I was 14 and I was hanging around with all the wrong people. I was hanging around with people who were a lot older than me. Yeah. I got into all sorts. I don't know what I can say on here or what I can't, but I was doing a lot of things I shouldn't have been doing. I mean, you you feel free to say whatever you're happy to say. Yeah, well, I uh, I grew up on a council estate with my mum, brother and my sister, and my mum were, you know, looking after us. We didn't have any, we didn't have any money, to be honest. Yeah. We had what we had to, we had the means to get by every week, yeah. whatever she got from, you know, from little jobs or benefits or whatever. So as I got to an age where, or, 12, 13, I started hanging around on my estate where I was with a lot of older kids yeah. and getting into certain things and making my own money. By the time I was 14, like I said, I got kicked out of school and I wasn't really like a bad kid. I just did silly things. I was always just getting into fighting and just doing silly stuff, but I got kicked out. Anyway, I was got kicked out of school at 14, then I started doing other things to make money. Uh, what all the older kids were doing, they all had the chains and the, the nice cars and whatever else or yeah. you know they're nice clothes so I started selling drugs to be honest yeah. uh, and then I got arrested quite a few times and it was a bit of a, like I'd say a vicious circle again it all sounds quite cliche you know but I was really involved in a lot of crazy stuff I look back now and if I even thought that if I saw that my son done anything even a, a fraction of what I did at his age you know it completely break my eye it really would yeah. I don't know how, how I even did it and I, you know I was I a naughty kid so I feel bad for my mum but we always had a really good relationship anyway at this point, I'm talking, I was kicked out of school, 15, getting arrested a lot, and I got arrested for a very serious situation that actually wasn't me. It was to the point where I was looking at a big sentence, like a, a young age or potentially something that was very, very dangerous. Scary. Um, but it all kind of leads up to where where I was. So, But I got into a massive scare. I was in a, in a stolen car in the back seat. Yeah. I was basically going to see... Deacon's mum at the time. Yeah. It was Friday night and my friends called me and said, oh, what are you doing at the night? And I'm like, I'm not doing out tonight. I'm going to stay and I'm going to stay put. I'm going to go see my girlfriend at the time. They said, oh, I'll come pick you up. We'll give you a lift. I thought, no, of it. So they turned up at my house in an Audi Quattro, which was like a really cool car back then. And again, I was only what? I was only young. So I um, I got a lift of them. I didn't think of it. I'll get a lift of my mum's. And uh, next minute, blue lights came in the wing mirror and uh, 
we got chased by the police and it was like a, a really intense chase and I'm shitting myself thinking what I'm, I want to get a lift up yeah. and I, I wasn't involved in anything took a chase blah 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 ended up getting helicopter and everything ended up getting cornered in like a cul-de-sac and um, two of my friends jumped out and ran off and me and another kid got caught so I got arrested anyway I got put in cells I think it was Friday so you've got to do a three day lockdown Friday until you got caught on Monday yeah. what the crazy thing was I knew that I'd not done anything wrong I was just getting a lift Yeah. obviously I couldn't say when I got interviewed and stuff like that, I couldn't say who it was or what was going on. But they just basically said to me, they said, well, were you sat in the car? And I said, look, I was just getting a lift. I was going up to see my girlfriend. And I said, I was sat in the back of the car. And they went, no, you won't. You were sat in, in the driver's seat. No, I want my heart dropped. I was like, no, I was not. I was sat in the back of the car getting a lift. Put me back in cells and then all night, I was then thinking, oh my God, what's going on? Like I'm, I was thinking about everything, my family, what was going on, blah, blah, blah. And it was more serious than all the stuff that I'd been arrested for before. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, they came back the next morning, like seven o'clock in the morning, prior to saying that I'd been in, in the driver's seat of this stone car. And they came back and they walked it, so I said, right, you're free to go. I'd been checking all night, thinking, oh my God, you know, real upset, thinking I'm going to go to jail for something I've not done. I didn't even know what had gone on. And they, they ended up mixing the forensics up or something. They've put me oh, in, the, no. in the front of the car where the driver was, and I was actually in the back. That car had come from an armed robbery, and they'd gone into someone's house and um, done a madness and took the car. They come and pick me up in it straight away. <laughs> I'm like, so, so after that, I thought, wow, I, I was shook. I thought, yeah. Do you know, what it is? it's just that's just ridiculous. I could have gone to jail for something really that's stupid. That, that's there. how easy it can happen, right? It's so easy. Just, just be careful. Like, it's I can't stress to these younger kids. Like, you know, I grew up in that kind of environment with doing stuff that I shouldn't have been doing. I'm not going to go into too much detail yeah. of what I was doing, but I was involved in a lot of crime and a lot. Of, I'm getting arrested a lot. Anyway, that had happened. I thought to myself, no, I'm not doing anything like that again. I'm gonna go straight. Next minute, I found out that she was pregnant. So I thought that's it. And this, bear in mind, I'm 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 15, 16 here. This is going back a lot, long time, so I can't get exactly right. And I thought, do you know what it is? I'm not gonna do anything. I packed in what I was doing to make money. And I was making a lot of money for my age at that yeah. time. I was making a lot of money with all the older kids doing very silly things yeah. and a lot of it. So I packed it all in. I started working any job that I could get. I got kicked out of school, so I didn't have any sort of. CV or whatever so I started doing everything I was walking to Endert Road down where I lived in Leeds trying to go into all the factories and warehouses asking for a job and I ended up getting a job fixing wooden pallets and it was just literally me in a warehouse from 6 o'clock in the morning until 4 o'clock in the afternoon massive pile of wet pallets I pick one off hammer and nail I can't, it I can't, ima I can't imagine pick it pick one off hammer and nail into it and put it on another pile pick one off then I started I ended up getting sacked from that I ended up, and then I, I worked for a butcher's and putting pork in pies on a flipping conveyor belt and I ended up getting sacked from that I'd done every job you can think of I was a roofer scaffolder bricklayers everything I was doing to try and get money together for my boy who was going to be born and I didn't want to have a kid I didn't want to have a kid at that time. I, yeah. was, I was 15, I was 16. Do you think, though, in a way, though, you know, like, how I look at your story, I always say that, you know, I can relate to a lot of your story, and I always say that when my daughter come, like, I think my daughter, like, saved my life, you know? Mm. And can you say, in a way, that you think probably Deacon saved yours? Because I look at your story, and before you had Deacon, where were you going? It was only going to end one way. Mate, that's exactly what I'm saying. How you've just said that is, if it weren't for... Deacon and like I said, I got arrested, so that scared me off. That scared me this major kind of thing that was going on. I just said, That's I'm not doing anything again. Yeah. I've got a boy on the way. I need to start working, making me own money. I packed in everything else I was doing. So yeah, he did save my life and he saved my life on a number of occasions. Metaphorically, he has saved my yeah. life. And literally I'd say in yeah. things we'll probably touch on. But yeah, that was it. So I started doing any job that I could get. But my point was at the time I was I was a kid, I was 
Deacon's age. Yeah. You know, I'm my son's age and I didn't want to have a kid. I wasn't prepared. I didn't have a job. I didn't have anything to offer a child. I didn't know anything. I was a kid myself. I was getting into all sorts of stupid stuff. I didn't have that mentality. But then, you know, when uh, when I had him, it, it all changed and that was it. But I had everything there. I had a, a pram. I worked my ass off to get the pram, to get all the clothes, to get my little pair of Rockport boots. I don't know if you remember Rockport. Yeah, of course I do, Back man. They were the shoes for school. I got him everything and I remember I had a little chav with a TN hat on and gold <laughs> chain and Berghaus and all that. And I, and I had my little boy and that was it. From then on, you know, I was completely in love and that was it. I, I had to become a man before all my yeah. friends. Your journey, I mean, say, for example, as a man or you got boys out there or anyone, they look at you and you're going to be a person that so many people in this country want to be like. I mean, you look at all your achievements and the things that you're doing. You've got a great life, I would say, at the minute for anyone looking up to you. But I know that hasn't come easy. I know there's been a lot of adversity in your life to get you there. Yeah, definitely. And like, there's a lot of people probably around me that think oh, I should go to counselling. And I've got nothing against counselling. I think it can be right for a lot of people. But I believe my counselling is talking. I believe my therapy is going and doing these things that yeah. I'm doing. Because for me, after what happened is the first time in my life I've known who I was and where yeah. I'm going. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I don't need a counsellor to point me in that direction. But have you ever had counselling? Can I tell you, can on? I just want, I didn't want to interrupt you, but can I say it? So my missus passed away when I was 21. Um, you know about that already and stuff like that. And but for the listeners as well, if you want to. You know, yeah, I, I, I deacon when I was 17. I, I met Lizzie, um, I was 18 and she, within two weeks, she moved into my house. We were that close here. Yeah. We spent every day with each other and, you know, we was really in love. It was first love, you know, we, we were young. And, but I had Deacon at the same time and she came in and she kind of took that role because she was with together all the time. Yeah. She kind of took that role in a sense, you know, and it was beautiful. But when I was 21, you know, she had a car crash and she passed away. I used to, she used to work nights and it's like every night, genuinely every night I used to wake up for her because I didn't go to sleep till late anyway. I used to wake up for her. Yeah. Uh, the only night that I didn't wake up is the, the morning she didn't come home. It completely broke me in half. And I think certain things like this, they change you as a person. 100%. They genuinely change you as a person. Like, it's a life-changing event that, like, I never argued with this issue. I was completely in love with her. Yeah. Only, we had a little family together. It were all beautiful. And my 21st birthday, I felt amazing. I had a big birthday party and things were going really well. I, was, I had my own business and blah, blah, As soon as she didn't come home that morning, I, I, I was completely broken I was there at the hospital and when everything happened and I'm not going to go into details but I was there do you know what I mean yeah. and and I had to really try and hold it together I, I still had Deacon I went back from home from the hospital the next day I um I found myself walking out of the room to cry because I didn't want to do it in front of Deacon you know yeah. it come to points where I used to lay in bed, this is really personal, but I used to lay in bed because she wasn't next to me and I'd, I'd be like that, pretending like I was spooning her just to try and get myself to sleep, you know. I remember, you know, I was texting her phone constantly even though I wasn't going to get a reply and I was sending essays and essays and I just, my head was gone and I was always upset and always crying and I just couldn't believe what happened. Yeah. It's like, it's like you, you can't, I'm like, why? You can't comprehend You it. can't believe it. Unless yeah. you've been in a situation like that, touch what I hope no one else does, obviously it, it, it does happen, but... You, you don't comprehend, you can't believe it's happened. It's like, why? Why has this happened? Anyway. And how did that, how did that affect your life? Like, you know, you know the immediately after, because I know that traumatic events... It, it, Do you know what it is? We touched on it before, before we started recording. 
when I was 21, I got my first nightclub. Everything was going really well. I had Deacon, my buzz, he was really happy. I had Lizzie, my beautiful girlfriend, everything was perfect. I got my first nightclub when I was 21. The week that I was opening it, I'd been working for months and months to get this nightclub open with a partner of mine. And uh, the week that it was meant to open is when Lizzie crashed. So obviously we spent all that week, you know, doing what we had to do. But my mum and everyone was saying, you know, go to the opening of the nightclub. You've worked on it. Lizzie would be proud. Go to the yeah. opening of the nightclub. That weekend, I was stood at the front of the nightclub in a suit, trying to put a brave face on, welcoming people into the club. At the same time, Lizzie was sat in the um, the Chapel of Rest around the corner in Leeds, where you could go and visit and, you know, and and, and I was trying to put a brave face on. <clears throat> and um, people were coming in on welcoming them, and then it, it was a girl came up to me and she said, oh, you know, you're, you're fit, uh, have you got a girlfriend? And Jeez. that was it. My head just fell. I, I literally nearly started crying. Well, I, I did start crying, yeah. and I, I, because I, I I didn't know what to say. Yeah, I, I have, but I am. She's sat around the corner. And I'm stood here, and well, she's laid on the corner, you know, in a chapel of rest, and I'm stood here. So I just walked straight into the club, and I said to my partner, I "said Look, I can't do this. I'm really upset. I'm gonna have to go." It's gonna sound really bad, but I actually just went on a bit of a mad one, mate, for that year, for a full year. That even that night. I, I went on a mad one, I started, I won't say partying, I was just, yeah, partying is not the correct term, but I was trying to escape. Yeah. And again, that sounds cliche, but from Thursday till Monday, every weekend, I was getting drunk and doing things I shouldn't have been doing with no sleep all week and I'm really, really having a bender every single weekend because when I was drunk and when I was fucked, I was, uh, I didn't think about it as much. It wasn't there. It, it numbs it a little bit. It, not even that it numbs it, you don't, you're just splattered. Yeah. So that was... Again, it's cliche, but that was a kind of escape. So Monday, I was off my head all weekend in a really bad place. But then I'd go home on a Tuesday and I'd still have Deacon all week. Uh, so I'd be sat at home shaking on, in the worst, even 10 times worse, because when you have an hangover or a come down or whatever, when you've, it's bad anyway. Yeah, but course. when you've got something on your mind, like you know, you see yourself, it, it's, it's completely it destroys you, mate. So I'm sat all week, like, again, trying to be put on a brave face for Deacon, but I'm exhausted and I'm splattered. I'm, I'm coming out. I lost, like, I've got a picture before and after. And, mate, I lost about four stone. I'm studying some party, like, just completely stick thin because that was the way of escaping. And then I was with Deacon through the week, trying to put on a brave face. And I go back out on uh, Thursday and he stay with my mum on a weekend. It's a vicious cycle. Oh, mate, oh, it was, but for a full year I'd done that. So I didn't really grieve for a year because I just wore up and down all the time. Yeah. New Year's Day, it was 2011. I had one more party. Cause I, don't forget, at this time, I was throwing on my own parties when I was that age, yeah. 21. I must have owned like eight events, so I'm throwing parties every weekend. So I'd go to my own parties, end up getting on it and then flipping, staying out all weekend. New Year's Day, I threw a big party in Leeds and I said, right, I can't do this anymore. I, I was in a really bad place. I was that low through the week. And I said, I'm not going to do it. Then when I got sober, I feel like that's when I started to grieve yeah. because I had sober mind. All this stuff came back to me that I've been going through that I've been trying to push out and that I was just avoiding because I was steaming. And it all came back to me. So then... I was fucked again, double yeah. fucked. And then it's like, I was sober, I'm trying my best to get through my days every day and I couldn't stop thinking about what, I, what, I'd, what I'd seen, what I'd seen a, a family her and my family and everything that had changed and I couldn't believe it. So it, it was a point where my brother came round one time and I said, Josh, will you just stay in bed with me tonight, mate? Yeah. And my brother came round and I was like, you know, I, I couldn't be by myself. And my brother came and stayed in bed with me for a few nights because I was that. Like just, yeah. I didn't know you what I was. I felt like I was gonna die, mate. When I was in this place, yeah. my mum was saying to me, 
Tom, you need to go see someone. Yeah. It's got to a point where you have to see someone. You've got to go. And I didn't want to do it. It was like like yourself. What do you think the reason was? It was, it it was like I thought I'm going to get through this in my own way. Yeah. They were saying, my mum was saying, you see someone, they'll give you antidepressants, that'll, they'll help you feel better, they'll help you deal with it a bit more. And I didn't want to do it. I was saying, I'm not going to do it. And I ended up doing like another two year, going through this mental blackout and struggling every single day and sending texts and writing on the memorial and, and everything and everything it, I could was it, do. Was it pride a little bit? But was or was it, it just being fearful it, of... It was pride. It was, I didn't understand it. Yeah. I didn't understand how it was going to help me. I thought, this has happened. Yeah. How is me going to speak to someone going to help me? Yeah. It's got, I couldn't work it out. And I didn't want to take any antidepressants because I thought I need to get through this for myself and for Deacon and for yeah. my family I need to get through this properly I can't be anyway it'd been like two years and I came to a point where I was like I was bad like people don't know because like I never seem to show it just like yourself but, but, you, can, I, but can I tell you can I just interrupt you there a second yeah and I just want to you know you keep referring back to me but I want to say that like, and this is honestly from the heart like I didn't know this about you yeah. do you know what I mean yeah you know, he's making me a little bit emotional, you know, when you're talking through it, which is always good, yeah? Yeah. But also, like, do you understand how much this is going to help you? Because, you know, your journey, yeah, like, your journey didn't always look like it was going to be bright. You know, there was a lot of parts from you personally, and, and the way I'm listening to it now, it could have many times gone the wrong way. Yeah. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So, you know, the fact that you're being open and talking about it now, and I know it's difficult, but I'm learning from it. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Because even though I haven't been, I'm thinking there could be a stage in my life where I, and I need to take your this is what I'm trying steps. to tell you now. So you just said then, I'm getting emotional and it's good. Now that is part of getting it out there. Yeah. And no matter who you are, no matter how strong you are, like you are physically strong or mentally, everyone is human and yeah. you need to get it out. I guarantee once you've had a cry or once you've had a, a proper chat and get it off your chest, you're going to feel better yeah. because you're shifting it and it'll come back, you'll cry again, yeah. you'll need to talk again, yeah. but you'll shift it for that time and then you'll have this weight off your shoulders where you can just think more clearly and you can get that that swing back in your step and yeah. keep battling another day and that's what you need to do. And it came to a point where I was... The worst I've ever been in my life. And this was, I'm taught, it's 10 years ago when it happened, 10, 11 years ago. And even now you can tell when I'm talking about it, it can still, if we're getting deep like this, it can still affect me yeah. and, and I can still get emotional. And this was a long time ago. Yeah. You know, things, you don't get over things. You're never going to get over. We're never going to get over these things. Well, I, don't, I, I don't think we ever will. I think I think that's it. I'm sorry to interrupt you, no, but no. I, think that, I think that's a common problem, you know, and an issue with the, the reality of grieving or depression or anxiety in today's society because from my opinion like one thing that's really helped me is and one unique factor about me is that when I lost my daughter like I accepted that pain I don't want to stop feeling that pain for the rest of my life because as long as I feel that pain that means that I love her yeah so I accepted that so I'm in no shock every single morning when I wake up. Mm. Because when I feel bad, hardest time, I know it, I'm going to feel like it. Yeah. When I go to bed at night, I know I'm going to feel like it. Mm. Throughout the day, I know I'm going to feel like it. Yeah. Now, with this journey from like what you're saying is, you know, you talk about a year, then another two years. It's a battle of endurance. And, and it's important for people to know, you know, if they are going through a stage of grief or they're going through stress or depression, it's not something you're going to go to bed with tonight and wake up tomorrow and it's gone. And there's no technique or counselling that that is going to help you relieve that. It's something that you have to learn how to cope with and manage. Do you know what I'm trying to say? You, you, you do, you do. But one thing that I will tell you, and 
it's still very raw with yourself, you yeah, know. It's, of course. It, it's still very raw. It's my situation was 10, 11 years ago. But now I still get emotional if I talk with yeah. the right person, the right, and get the, you know, some of that's we spoken about often, but when you get into depth and it brings back certain feelings and then I get emotional. Yeah. And that was years ago. But let me tell you one thing now, and this is, again, so cliche, and everyone says it, and I need you, I want you to listen to this, yeah. boy. It's like, time is a healer. Yeah. You know, it, you're never going to get over it. I'll never get over that piece of my heart, what Lizzie's got forever. Yeah. She'll always be there. And and that situation, that's the worst part when you look back and feel how bad I actually was. That's what makes yeah. me upset. And at the fact that I feel about a family and stuff like that, you'll never get over that. But you'll cope with it. Yeah. You learn to cope with it. Yeah. Anyone who's lost someone, you, they think, it, I thought my life was over. Yeah. That's the point I was bringing to is I come to the worst part I've, I've ever felt in my life. Yeah. And I was genuinely thought, I didn't want to be here. Yeah. I didn't want to be here. And if it weren't for Deacon, for my son to have him and not leave him without a dad, I wouldn't have been here. Yeah. I genuinely wouldn't want. But the fact what I'm trying to tell you is time is a healer. And even though you, you won't ever get over it, that's what you've got to accept. But in time, you'll learn to cope with it. The world keeps spinning. Yeah. Time keeps going. The days keep coming. And you can't, for as earlier, if you don't mind me saying, yeah, and course. me for losing people that like I've lost everyone, you can't be down every day of your life because they don't want to see you do that. Yeah, they want to see you smile. Yeah. They want to see you be strong and get up and do what you're doing. Can you imagine how proud you know everyone is and they don't want to see you down. They don't want to see you do the worst. They want to see you crack up and get on. They'll probably saying now, Get up, stop being a div, get up and crack yeah. on. And that's, I know it. So you've got to, when you lose someone, yeah, it's going to work for a long, long time. It took me three years, I think it was, until I was in that place. I was so bad for that many years. I didn't know what I was doing, where I was coming or going. I'd had that year off my head where it made it even worse. Then I started grieving. But then it was like three years in, I think, when my mum said, Tom, you need to go see someone. I'm worried about it. It's getting, it's getting mad. And I didn't want to do it. But then I did. I didn't have nowhere to go. I couldn't do nothing else I could do. I couldn't help myself. Yeah. I, I could only stay so strong for that amount of time until I'd burnt out completely and I didn't want to be here anymore. Yeah. But that's not an option. There's no other... That, that is not an option. It's onwards yeah. and upwards yeah. only. The only way I could help myself is by, all right, mum, I'm going to go see someone. Yeah. Let's do it. And I got 12 counselling sessions on the NHS yeah. and I went to see a woman I didn't know what I was going to do I thought it was going to be daft do you know what it is bro I swear to God like now we're counselling each other we're talking yeah. you know at first I was a bit nervous to say certain things because yeah. I, I love you bro do you know yeah. what I mean and we've got a connection but this person I went to see was a professional this person's been to university and got masters in how to speak and how to listen to people and how yeah. to trigger certain thoughts and how to iron out the creases in your mind yeah. So when you go and talk to someone, this person's not going to judge you on whatever you say. And again, it sounds cliche, this per but this person isn't there to feel bad for you. Yeah. They're not there to oh, understand. They're not there. They're there to let you get it off your chest and ask you how it made you feel. When I was in there, this lady was talking to me. And I was talking, and then she'd ask me little things, like, how did that make you feel? Or, and where do you think that came from? And I ended up speaking to her about things that had been on my mind, like from about childhood, about my... Nana and Grandad when I were a kid and yeah. other stuff that's, I don't want to get too far off subject, but things that really just lifted everything off my shoulder. And I walked out on my first session just feeling like, why didn't I do that before? I needed to speak so to someone insane. about this. Yeah. I needed to, I, I've been sat for three years, dying, slowly dying. I needed to go, go see someone who's not going to judge me, who's not going to, who's just going to genuinely tell me how to deal with it. Yeah. You know, and 
it can. That's what they're there to do. Yeah. You know, it's... I mean, it's amazing. It, it was something that I really wanted to ask you because I knew, like, we kind of touched on it before we started recording and I, I, wanted, I wanted to understand because, I mean, the whole benefit of this is, yeah, everyone in this world is going to be a little bit different. Everyone's situation is going to be slightly unique. And, like, for you, like, at that time, it's like you needed that and you managed to humble yourself enough to go, which ended up kind of changing your life away and saving it because maybe you were building a lot of things up. And I know a lot of people out there, they build up, they build up they find it hard to get off their chest. They maybe have too much pride or they maybe don't know who they are or what yeah. the actual rooted problem is. Yeah. So it's a great thing and it's great for me to know as well. I mean, I guess the thing that's slightly different about mining your stories is it's not the fact of the things that happened. It's that probably, like I say, for the first time in my life after what happened, I kind of realised who I wanted to be after. Like I look at myself now, I before I was going out, I was a madman, I was this. And then as soon as what happened, happened, I mean, I found myself drinking a lot and I was doing that. And I just remember waking up one morning and I just thought, you know, you know, if, if my daughter's watching me now, man, I feel ashamed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I thought I need to fix up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then since then, you know, you have a slip every now and again. But bro, that's what... But for the know. first time I've been bang on it and, and I've never... I think I've, as a man, it's probably strange, but I've never been afraid to just cry. I've never been afraid to, you know what, like, if anyone asks me a question, I'm just going to tell you exactly how I feel because yeah. I don't see that as making me feel weak. So yeah. I think a lesson from this is that it's just like, no matter whether you're, whether you want to go to counselling, whether you don't, you should always explore options. But I think the main thing is talk. Talk, but <clears throat> it's good to talk to someone outside of your normal circle. Yeah. Like me and you are talking now and we're, we're really getting deep and it's an emotional and we're on a podcast. I know people are going to hear it, but I forget these cameras are here. When I was talking then, I forgot. I felt like I was talking to you. Yeah. I felt like I was talking to, to Lizzie, yeah. you know, in a way or whatever. Yeah. And it's it's good to talk, but I'm going to talk to someone who loves me and they're going to tell me anything that I want to hear. Yeah. You know, I'm going to talk to someone who, who's going to judge me because they know me personally. If you talk to someone you've never met, who's a professional doctor, and you tell them your situation, they are going to help you. And I really think, I know you've got demons, bro. Yeah. I, I know you have. And I know, I, 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 and I've had demons myself. I've still got them now. Yeah. But I, I know that when you go and tell them demons to someone, not me or not your family or not your friends, I know when you tell them demons to a psychiatrist who knows how the mind works, they're going to help you relieve them. Yeah. They're going to help you put them away. And they might come back. But then you're going to know, how did I do it last time? Was it a breathing exercise? Did I go and speak to someone? Did I go to gym? What did I do to help me overcome this? Because, yeah, it's not going to go, but you're going to learn how to cope with it. And I bet what you're doing, you started drinking, you know, mate, it's what it is. You can start drinking. That's what I did yeah. for a full year. And I'm not saying drinking, mate. I was for three nights, no sleep every week. I, I was ruining myself. Yeah. But then I had to deal with it. And then you said, then you found where your purpose is to train and get fit. And that's the best thing you can ever do is to train and get fit. But I think you personally, I know you need to speak to someone. And I genuinely mean it. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart because I know at my point when I was at my very, very lowest, I had no other option. Yeah. And I went to sports someone and the way that we, even this person didn't care about me. Yeah. I know they didn't. And that's yeah. not why I'm there. They, they told me what I needed to hear. And they told me how to navigate through. Do you know, it was like I was in a conversation and they'd say something to me and I'd be like, do you know what? I didn't think of it like that before. And that's when something clicked and that relieved a bit of tension. They'll say, oh, well, this is because of that and that's because of this. And I'd be like, why didn't I think of it like that? And then mm. I felt better and then I'd walk out 
lighter on my feet. I've just had emotional talk. I've just got everything off my chest. And I, it's like I'm just talking to myself and someone's telling me how to deal with it. Yeah. It's like you, you'll talk to yourself. You talk to yourself, but you only got you to tell you how yeah, to deal with it. Exactly. But yeah. it's not because you're in a, 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 a bad place or, you yeah. know, in a, but when you're talking to yourself, but this person's telling you how to deal with it, you're helping yourself. Do you know, do you know what the maddest thing is? And, I, and I'll be completely honest. I, I've seen myself as a person, like, like you say, I, I've kind of, I've turned down counselling. I thought that I could manage it. And do you know the interesting thing about sitting opposite you now? You're saying how much it helped you. And you're saying as a friend, you know what, Ash? I think it's something that you need to do. Now, whether I look at it, whether it's something I need to do or not, I feel pretty foolish and closed-minded if I just completely knock that option off the table. And do you know what? This this is why it's important. You know, this ain't just for the listeners to learn. I think I learn a lot from this as well. Bro, what have because you got I can't, to lose? I can't, I can't. There you go. What have you got to lose? You, you're cycling around the world, mate. You, you're helping millions of other people. You, you, you're getting strong, and every single day you're bettering your body and everything. What have you got to lose? Go and try and help your mind a bit more. Yeah. You go speak to someone. You're gonna either come out benefiting from it, or you're gonna think, I'm gonna go cycle to. Madrid, <laughs> you know, <Hot> sake. <laughs> whatever you're going to do is going to be beneficial. You've I'll got nothing to lose. I'm going to tell you what, my mom, my auntie and Sophia are going to be really happy that I've had this podcast. I'm yeah. not going to tell them about it. Uh, Yo, Alex, this one can't get aired, mate, because <laughs> Tom's saying stuff that all my family have been saying for a while now. Well, but no, do you know what? I, family, I'm with you. He has to go see someone. <laughs> and anyone else who's watching this, you have to go see someone. You've got nothing to lose. Don't be shy. Don't feel pride. Don't feel like it's not going to help you. Yeah. Like, that's all I thought. I thought, well, it's not going to help me. I need to get through it my own way. I don't yeah. want... But it does. Yeah. Even now, talking you, help, yeah. helps you. Do you know what it is? Because the way that I can describe it is, like, demons is the right word. You know, I feel like I've had demons all my life and, and none more than now. And what I've been, like, quite stronger doing and, and, and capable of doing and competent at doing is being able to like kind of like keep them at bay a little bit. Yeah. But I think no matter how much I do that, those demons are still there. Um, They're so, always going to be there. Yeah. That's what thing we have to deal with. They're always yeah. going to be there. It's that's not going to change. That that what happened to you, and to your family, and to everyone who loves you and loved us earlier. That it didn't. And that what happened to me. You know, it changes you as a person. You're not that person you was before. That yeah. It, as hard as it is to accept, I I will. But, but I don't. But you know what it is, bro. Like the the thing that I see as the biggest shame, and I, and probably like one of the hardest things to accept is, yeah. like, I'm the best person I've been. Yeah. Because of my daughter, yeah, yeah. but she's not here to see it, yeah, and I can't yeah. give her that. You know, well, that's the hardest bro. thing. Yeah, she's here. She's here every mm. single day with what you're doing. Yeah, your motivation is your daughter, so yeah. she's here. She's, well, that is my motivation. She's, she's, yeah. she's here in spirit. She... And, and 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 that's why as well, mate. I think, you know, like I've spoke to her like a few people and stuff, and and I think one important thing that I want to get across as well is when I talk about a daughter and I talk about being sad every day and stuff like that. When I, it's when I think of my daughter that makes me be able to unlock a potential in me. You know, like when, when I bring my daughter to the forefront of my mind, yeah, that's when I can unlock greatness. That's when I can do things that I never thought were possible. And that's when I push to different limits for... I think that is so important because that's when you have to do it. Yeah. Like when you don't want to get out of bed or you don't want to get up and go yeah. is when you have to do it. Yeah. Because this is going to be a shit analogy, but... Yesterday, I didn't want to go to the gym. I got up yesterday morning and um, I was so tired. I've done so many shows. I've just done a fight camp. I've been completely up to my eyes in work. I was stressed and I didn't want to get out of bed and I was laid down. I think, oh. So then I drove to the gym 
and I was sat outside for 15 minutes later or 15 minutes later from a session, I think, oh, I genuinely felt depressed in the morning and I told my friends, I said, no, because after I come out of the gym, I felt like a different person. I felt like when I went and I started training and the happy endorphins were going through my, my head and my heart were pumping and the blood and, and I came out and I was buzzing, I was different. I Tell them again. Bro, I felt different. Tell them again. And I couldn't believe the change in me from that morning till two hours Tell later when I came out of the gym. You know, so for instance, when, when you're feeling that part where Azalea comes, you know, into your mind, at the forefront of your mind, and that's when you feel like, oh, I just want to sit here, I, I want to be upset, I want to, you know, curl up in a ball. That's when you need to unlock and unswitch yeah. it and get up and think, do you know what, that's it, I'm getting up. Because yeah. once you get up and go, you get up and go in, go and do whatever you've got to but, do, go but, to the gym. But I don't think, you know what, I'm, I'm glad that you brought it up and I'm glad that it was you that brought it up a lot. Do you know what, yeah? If I bring up that kind of thing a lot of the time, people will be like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's all right for you. So, some common answers that I get, but the fact that you brought it up, it's amazing. And that's why I kept saying, tell them again. Because there is no denying, no matter who you are, yeah. forms of exercise, no matter how much you don't want to do it, no matter how much you're feeling at the time, is guaranteed to make you feel better after you've done it. Mate, it's and science. You can't, you can't, it's, it's natural. Like, that's what, if you... Not just because, so the way I see it, yeah, is like, you go and exercise. So I was boxing yesterday. My heart was pumping, the blood going around my body, the happy endorphins were going to my brain. My exercise sent happy chemicals to my brain, so I felt better. Yeah. Not just that, you also, even if I didn't do anything else that day and I laid in bed and or whatever, I got that gym in, so subconsciously, I knew that I'd done something for myself Sense that day. Accomplishment. I'd done yeah. something for myself, so... Automatically, I feel happy because I'm doing stuff for everyone all the time. I've, I'm so busy. I've got a lot of family. I've got, you know, day. I've got everything. That I'm always doing stuff for other people, even like down to everything that you do, even, you know, with your social media, what you're doing is for other people. Yeah. You know, it's for yourself as well, of course, because yeah. you're making yourself feel better, but it's always to inspire other people. And if you've got a gym that day, you're doing something subconsciously for yourself. Yourself. You feel better yeah. and you scientifically do because you're sending happy endorphins yeah. to your brain. No matter who you are, what shape you are, what size you are, what whatever, get it done because yeah. I guarantee you're going to feel better. And, and you know what, Tom? That's why I, pre you know, like people might get bored of my stories, yeah, and it might be like repetitive, yeah. But what I kind of want to show people is like, I keep posting them every day, every day, every day, no days off. Number mm -hmm. one, because that's what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. But number two, I just want people to understand like how important that routine is. And because I think as well, you know, like, I've never felt like more confident. And now, listen, I've been arrogant before. I'm talking about confidence. And I think what gives me the confidence now is number one, like you say, you're working on yourself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you're raising your self-esteem because I know no matter what I've got to do that day, I can do it. Yeah. If I've got to run 20 miles, if I've got to run 50 miles, if I've got to work yeah. 18 hours, 20 hours, I know that I've got the energy to do it. And yeah. I'm competent in being able to do what's necessary. Because yeah. I think in life, like there's all there's a difference between, you know, doing what's necessary and doing what you want to do. Yeah. And I think a lot of people that are going through like stress or depression or anxiety, they always look for temporary fixes of what they want to relieve yeah. that problem. But realistically, a big cure is being competent in being able to do what's necessary so every know, single I've time. Always said Raises what? your self-esteem, raises your confidence because yeah. you know you are capable. My, like, what's a quote or motto, but I've always said, unfuck your mind. Yeah. I've always need, if you're ever feeling in a place where you unfuck your mind, you can just think about something else, get up, get active, 
get productive, do something, even if it's clean your house or go out and do something, unfuck your mind, get up and go. Yeah. Because I guarantee you're going to feel better. Get to the gym, that's the best thing you can do. It's the, onwards and upwards is the only option. That's what you got to do, just get up and go. Yeah. Like, you know, the old scenario with Lizzie broke me. And then a year before that, you know, my granddad, who was like my dad growing up, spending, I don't know, you're like with your, your grandparents, but my yeah, granddad, really my don't. Italian granddad, he was like, my dad growing up. Yeah. Obviously, my dad were there, but he was like, I, I was with him with my mum's dad. Yeah. But he passed away. On, on the me, he passed away on the same stretch of motorway a year before Lizzie. Gee. You know, in a big flipping a pile up on motorway with my granddad and my uncle. And a year later, it happened again on the same stretch of motorway. You know, so these have all, there's, uh, there's a million things I could tell you what I've been through. But that changed, you know, my mum, my old family. He was the head of the family when my granddad he was. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then that Lizzie and so many other things that have happened. You've just got to get up and go, mate. That's keep, keep going because they're going to be looking down on you and telling you to get up and go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Do you know what I want to bring you back to? Because this is quite relevant, getting on. We talked about the fitness mm-hmm. and how important it is. Yep. Now, I know that Deacon came to you at a certain point, you know, and he was struggling a bit mentally. Yeah. Like, and I know there's going to be a lot of parents out there, you know, with kids these days that are coming to them with these issues. And I know it's going to be hard for a lot of parents to t- kind of tackle that problem. Because I know that, you know, when we were young, you didn't know you were stressed as a kid or you, you didn't know yeah. you were anxious. No, None no, of no. these things were, were like really, really out there and known. So now yeah. I guess it, it's brought to the forefront a lot more and there's a lot of kids that are suffering with stress, anxiety, depression, mental health issues. What was your route to tackling or dealing with, with Deacon during that time? How did you bring him through it? So, like I said, so Deacon's been with me all his life, you know, until past year or two, he's always at his grandma's because his grandma's got his cousins there yeah. and he can, she's a bit more lenient than me and whatever, yeah. but it, which is good, it works for him perfectly. I, you know, he's still with me majority of the time, you yeah. know, and stuff like that, but he grew up, but when he was young growing up in the last 13, 14 years, he's been with me constantly. Yeah. So he's seen everything, you know, he's like my best mate. Yeah. And I think that's why we're completely different because when I was younger, all I wanted to do is get in the nightclubs or earn my own money or, and by any means necessary, I'd do all this mad stuff and try things at a very early age that I shouldn't have been trying. But whereas Deacon, because he's been on tours with me since he was 10 and younger and he's seen people coming out of nightclubs and seeing how smashed they are and he just thinks hey, he wouldn't want to do it or, and he's seen the things that I've gone through and to get to where I am now that have been wrong decisions he, he, he's not like I was he's very sensible very focused and he's um, he's, a, he's always been athletic he's always been into the gym yeah. Um, before lockdown something happened that I'm not really going to go into that's fine and he was really stressed 
Yeah. yeah, and he was stressing it in. He stopped training. He was sitting in his bedroom, playing on his computer, just eating loads of shit, and and he was just he was just getting really down. And then lockdown happened. We were at mine, me and my friend Mickey, and uh, me, Mickey, and Deacon were together. And that was it. I said, right, we're gonna get you back into shape, get you sorted out. You couldn't be asked, couldn't be asked to win it. So we just started running him around the field. He done one lap and he was fuming. He didn't want to do it. And anyway, I, I was getting angry with me. Yeah. Dad, I don't want to do it. I'm going home. I want to go play my PlayStation. No, do another lap. Oh, we're not going home. You're not gonna. You're not gonna go in. Blah blah blah. So he done it. Then we started finding places to train and do boxing. So we'd go to like a beautiful lake or we'd go find somewhere like a rooftop or something mental with a beautiful view and we'd just train. Yeah. He still wasn't feeling it. I was trying to do things that, you know, would help him, you know, enjoy it a bit more. Yeah, yeah. But he won't ask because it, it, when anyone starts training, no matter what size you are or what, you know, where you it's hard and it yeah. feels horrible. Yeah. I hate, I, I'm out of shape at minute now, like, and, and I'm having to get back in it. And yesterday I thought, oh, I couldn't be asked because I hate, <laughs> I, I know I can get in an yeah. immaculate shape, Please, but because I'm not now, because yeah. I've been working all year and I'm shattered. I mean, look at me, I'm exhausted. I've been nonstop. I didn't get until six o'clock this morning. I couldn't be asked doing it. And that's where Deacon was. He was like, oh, I don't want to do the other lap. And I said, Deacon, get it done. And he'd get it done. Anyway, a few weeks later, after he'd done that first couple of grueling weeks, Mate, he was flying, he, his attitude changed. We had a big do at my house now. I've never had an argument with Dick. I've never even had a, a problem with him. Yeah. I'm so blessed to say, like, yeah. I've never had, you know, any problems. Like, you see other kids that are something like kicking and screaming and blah, blah, blah. And I've never had that. It's always been really cool, which I'm really happy because it would be horrible if it was away. But we end up having a do because he, he said, I'm not coming out of room. I don't want to do it today. And I'm like, yeah, you are. And he was like, no, I don't want to do it. I said, right, come in on speech. I said, well, I started, to, started shouting, Dad, I don't want to do it. I want to play more. I'm like, and this is something I'd never seen from him. So I just like told him straight. I said, right, this is what's happening. If you were me, you, you're running out of feeling, I'm going to take your PlayStation out of that. And we're really stern. Yeah. You know what I mean? And whatever. Anyway, he started doing it. And the more he'd done it, the fitter he got, the easier it got to run that lap. Then he started seeing a change in his physique. The, the fat were coming off. Then he didn't want to eat shit anymore because he didn't want to put it back on. He yeah. knew he had to run next day. And then he, he was boxing. And the more he did it, the better it got. And then now he's like a gym freak, mate. Yeah. He loves it. He goes to the gym before he goes to school. He's getting trials for all his different football teams. He's, he's like an athlete, mate. He, yeah. he won't even touch a fizzy drink. His mindset is that strong now, all because... He pushed through them first few weeks. Yeah. You can get through them first few weeks that are horrible. No one wants to do it. You feel, you feel shattered, you're aching everywhere, and it's not something you want to do. You'd rather yeah. just kick back and play on your PlayStation. No, but if you want to get into a great mindset and you want to feel strong and look good and all these things, you've got it's to do him. it. Tell and, 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 it, and after a few weeks, it, it happened. It, it got there. Now he's just, he's just an animal, mate. It looks like a little Ronaldo or something. <laughs> well, I was, I was going to say, mate, he's definitely better looking than you. And, and, yeah, and he's got a better physique he's, than you, mate. He's a new and improved version of me. He's going to be a problem. <laughs> Two years time, yeah, mate. You finished. Me, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. But so, and is he feeling better? Mate? Can you see the change in him mentally? Mate, it's just a different person. That's the thing. When he said to me, when we was in his bedroom, we had that like argument, if you like. It brought down then because we'd shouted at each other. And I said this, and, he, and but then, then after I'd shouted at him, and after he got it off his chest, then I sat and spoke to him and I said, look. Mate, you've been trying really hard. I don't want you to stop now because you can sit here and feel sorry for yourself. You come out and get this run. Then once you've done it and got it in bank, then you can go and chill and whatever. Just get it yeah. done every day. No, get it done. That little bit of time, get it done. And we had a bit of a heart to heart then. And then he just said, Dad, I want in the right mental place. He said that and he was only yeah. a kid. He said, I just didn't feel motivated. Since then, he's like, he's got 
up and got it done. And now he's just he's just a different person, mate. And and man, and it was sad to see because he's so young. Yeah. And I seen that my son was going through anxiety in a shit time because he'd he'd stuff that had happened in in his life and stressed him out. And he'd been through a lot. He'd been for everything that I've gone through. Deacon's gone through. Yeah, he's gone through a lot anyway. You know, yeah. for for he's from, had to from, from he's had to age. feel. I'm he can feel someone's energy when they're down. He's had to feel that and um. Yeah, like the way that he just changed his mindset. And it comes from training, being disciplined and sacrifice and working hard. And also confidence, isn't it? Self esteem. It boosted everything. Capable. Yeah. It's boosted everything. Yeah. Because now he's a different animal. You know what I mean? I don't even want to hang out with me. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't drop him off at school. Oh, it's a dad way around the corner. Like. Yeah, exactly. When I was a kid, he used to take him down with roof down, thinking I was cool, <laughs> and he'd be buzzing. Now he's like, dad way around the corner. I'm like, what? Really? He's like, yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know? That, do you know what? It, it's, 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 a, it's a mad story, and it, it's, it's a good lesson for... It's a good lesson for other parents out there as well. And... and I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, you, and can, you carry one on. Of the, it's about one, you. I put it on... Instagram, I put his transformation because I was that buzzing yeah. with everything that he'd done and he'd accomplished. And then Instagram post doesn't show you what we've had to do to get there. Didn't show you the no work matter what, it doesn't show you how many, how much hard work he's actually had to put and how much sacrifice that a 14 year old kid had to do at the time to cut out fizzy drinks and not go on his PlayStation to, to watch what he's eating, to get up and train every single yeah. day. You know, it doesn't it doesn't show you all the emotions that he went through and everything. Yeah. But I'm that proud to put it on Instagram his transformation because it's absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, uh, if, so you can, sure. if you can put it on screen or whatever, you'll see it's unbelievable. We'll get you up, dude. Uh, yeah. And uh, apart from the but, Tom, apart from the lottery, nothing great in life comes easy. No, 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 nothing. Door. Business, yeah. self-esteem, confidence, looking good, the, yeah. a good relationship. Nothing in life comes easy. Nothing. Worth having comes easy, right? What a big point of having it if everything would just yeah. And, and this is what, this is what I say to people, you know, like and, and what you said is like the epitome of it, you know. Just then, in our last talk about you and Deke and how you got through it, my point is to people, I say this a lot: it's okay to not be okay mm. as long as you're prepared to do something about it. There you go. You know, and, and a bit of like a bit of steel yeah. never hurt anybody. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I, I, exactly. It was tough love. Yeah. It's okay to not be okay. Everyone's human. Everyone feels down. Everyone yeah. gets sad. Everyone has a dark day. Yeah. But get up and go. Yeah. And I had to tell him. I had yeah. to kick off with him and say, look, I'm not having it. You're not yeah. staying around, sitting there like that. Get up and go. And then yeah. the fact that I was doing that, and I knew it, I felt awful doing it because I was having to kick his ass. Yeah. Because I'd done it, and then he was thanking me after that. Yeah, said, I'm buzzing now. I feel so good. How before I was in such a bad place, dad, and I brought me out here, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, well done, mate. This, you know what I mean? Well, you, knew what, you, you knew what you had to do, and, yeah. you, and you persisted with it. And I think that mm -hmm. that's the difference. You know, you could have turned around and gone, "You're right, mate. Yeah. Man, you carry on. You, yeah. you be gentle with yourself. Yeah, Ca yeah, yeah, carry on. You you playing your PlayStation. You eat uh, what you want to eat. You got to be. You know what I mean? But you didn't. You turned it round, and it was what was necessary. Yeah. You know, like that period of Deacon's time where you were tough and you know he had to go through that bit that bit of not wanting to do something every day that bit of hardship it's helped him out and you look at every you look at probably you know the biggest growth spurts in your life not yeah. physically mentally as a person yeah, yeah. I bet 99% of them have come through hardship yeah without a doubt because you've had to do something well I, I'm his dad and if I didn't lead by example he's seen what I've had to go through yeah. you know first hand he's my son he's been there all my life he's been there with me for 16 years yeah he's seen what I, so when he got to that point i knew how he felt i knew he felt awful i knew he felt shit so i couldn't just like pussyfoot around him yeah i'd say you know look you've seen how i've had to do it yeah in different kind of battles you know 
get up and we're going to get to it. We're going to get out there. We're going to run around that field 10 times. Yeah. You're going to get around that field. And, and he done it. And he done two laps first time. Then I, I forced him to do three laps. And then he walked off at field and he was kicking off. He said, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I was saying, Deacon, get here. We're not going on. We're not going to have any dinner <laughs> until you've done that extra lap. And he hated it. He hated me. But then by the time we were getting to six, seven, and then he, he was saying, I'm going to do 10 today. It changed. Yeah. He wanted to do them extra laps yeah. because I'd push it and he wanted it. You know what I mean? So you've, it, it's tough love. You've got to lead by example. You've got to do when it's right. And then at the same time, I knew when to, you know, have a heart to heart with him and understand because I've been there myself. You know what I mean? So. You know, like, obviously, this is fierce minds, kind hearts, and you've touched even the stuff that you're telling me about there. Like, there must have been. Well, there is a kind heart that's made you do it all. But one thing that I've noticed, and, you know, I've known you for years, and like I said in the introduction, you've always been one of the most, if not the most energetic person I've met. You've always yeah. been crazy positive, no matter what, no matter what you've I'm been through. I'm quite calm on here, I tell you. <laughs> We're bouncing off <laughs> yeah, the walls, aren't we? Trust me. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think, you know, one thing that really touched my heart was... Um, after I lost my daughter and we set up an amazing childhood cancer foundation, the Azalea Foundation, we've donated over 700,000 pounds this year. Incredible. And bro, you, you, before you get to that, can I, can I tell you something, bro? Yeah. So obviously I was meant to be fighting um, last week. Yeah. Um, and it was a massive, for people who are watching, it was a massive um, show I got put on for KSI and Misfits Boxing and Soul and Brothers. I was meant to be fighting and I had to train hard for six weeks, bro, which is, is not a massive camp for a fighter at all. But I've just done 50 shows this year. I've been flat out all year. I've not slept since February. I had to jump, change my lifestyle completely upside down in order to start training for this yeah. for this fight. I think night before I started, I'd not even slept. I turned up at the gym. I'd been out at work somewhere, mental, like Bristol or something. I had to drive back to get to Sheffield to train. The only thing that's got me through them days when I didn't want to train is thinking about who like the real fighters are. Do you know what I mean? People have to fight who haven't got a choice to fight, like Azalea, mm. like you, like a young girl called Betsy that I, I know. Like she's, a, she's incredible, by the way. Beautiful, beautiful girl. I speak to her all the time. And a young lad called Danny Boy, Deacon's age. Yeah. He's suffering with, with an illness. He's Deacon's age. I've been to see him a few times. And what I want to give to them is what I want to give to you. Like, I didn't get, I don't know if I should do this now, I don't know, but I, you know, on, while we're on the subject, um, I didn't get paid for the fight. I wasn't doing it, now let me rephrase, I wasn't doing it for financial gain. Yeah. You know, what was getting me through these sparring sessions and stuff, I would genuinely turn around to my coach and saying, these people are fighters, if they can do it, I can do it, I'm gonna yeah. keep fighting. So, but I didn't get a fight, my opponent pulled out. I, I know. Yeah, I, my I opponent was, was... pulled out, but I had to train. I had to completely transform my life. I didn't sleep the night before my first training session. I had to come into the gym and I had to wear myself down. I was completely out of shape and I felt horrible. But I started training, I started training, and I started fighting to get to this fight. But I, I'm not a real fighter. And, you know, I am in certain aspects of my life, but like we all are. But I'm just going to cut to chase. I wanted to give you, out of my own personal money I wanted to give you a donation to us earlier and to your trust I didn't get paid for that fight because I didn't fight but I I wanted to oh, I've got a little summit summit here yeah don't do anything to me I've here, got man. a little summit summit here don't do anything to me here man bro this is a madness bro 
Um, like I said, this is out of wait there. This is out of my personal thing that I've pulled out. <laughs> I don't know if we should do this on here, bro, but yo. <laughs> I've got some up for you, bro. Oh, don't do I've got some up for you and for them children, them real fighters, bro. These are proper fighters, bro. Right I've got some up for you. I've got some up for Betsy. I've got some up for Danny Boy. One, two, <laughs> three. <laughs> I might have to count this, you know, bro. Let's go. Four, yeah, five. There's five grand there for you, bro. And that's for Azalea and for them kids. And and it's just something what I wanted to do because that's got me through. Like I said, I, did, I wanted, didn't want to do it for financial gain, uh, that whole fight, but I wanted to give something because from the start of that fight, it was you and Azalea and what you're doing and Betsy and Danny Boy and that got me through my training camp when I felt so shit. So from the beginning, I said, I'm going to give all my money away to charity. Anything that I win from this fight and my fee, I'm going to give it away. So obviously I didn't get paid. And it's not as much as I would have got paid, unfortunately, but I've had to give it out my own money. So hopefully I hope you'll accept um, a little piece there. For We'll talk about this after. Yeah, let's talk about we'll it, bro. We'll talk about yeah, it yeah. after. <laughs> well, it's making me, it's yeah. making me tear up on yeah. it, man. Let me take this off the table so I can focus, yeah. man. I mean... Yeah. You you you, you started mentioning donations and obviously yeah, no, no, but you, you I got, wanted to give that since I started. So you got to me before before you know you know I even said it and you know you know something that that's so special about it yeah and um and it, it's kind of the point of this podcast I'm saying about people having a fierce mind yeah but I, I think if you your fierce mind is powered by a kind heart like I said your potential is limitless and I know that. You know, in my life, it's my heart that's kept me here. It's the fact that I love my daughter so much. It's the fact that, you know what, every time I feel like I can't, I look at these fighters out there and I want to help them. I want to create a better life. You know, every time I see somebody that's struggling with mental health, I want to show them that, you know what, you can do it. And I remember, like, you calling me months and months and months ago now. It's I went not long after the foundation first started and it was the same thing. You and your team contributed to the foundation then. Yeah. You know, when we were raising money, for a little ladder on Christmas Day, yeah, and you were literally the first person that said you would do something, and that and that and that was the first time. And then I looked at this fight, and you know you were going to contribute then, and then even this now, like I guess you know well, number number the, one, th like thank you, like because you don't understand how much it means, you know, like the. the I don't see this money. This is going to go to the kids, but this is what I work hard every day for, you know, and the fact that I've got a friend that's supporting. Is actually amazing, and I just, I just want to know where's it coming from. You know what? What I know why I need to help now. I, it's not one I need to. I have to. Yeah. yeah. Why do you want to help? You know what I mean? Where's it coming from? Bro, like I said, I when I started that fight camp six weeks ago, my life was completely upside down, mate. I, like I said, I'd been on tour since February. I'd not slept since February. The worst shape I've ever been. I'd not been at the gym because I was constantly working, constantly, and I partied all year as well. Like yeah. through lockdown. I didn't touch a drink for two years completely. It was just me, my son, and Mickey, and we, were, we didn't touch a drink. We lockdown lifted. My business is nightlife. Yeah. I own a restaurant. I own a nightclub. I own five festivals. I've I done 50 shows this year. Everything that I do is nightlife. And I get very socially anxious. Check the work rate, by the way. Bro, bro, I, I get very socially anxious in environments. 
and you'd never think it. Like when I walk into a nightclub and I'm sober and, and you know, without sounding silly, everyone wants to talk to me and like, oh, Tom, and I get a bit like shook and maybe I'll yeah. backdoor it. Yeah. And I think I, and, and I think I can't talk to people, so I'll turn around and, and I can't, it's a bit hard for me to deal with, but because lockdown lifted up, I thought, do you know what it is? I just had two years fresh and I need to get involved. It's my business, what I do. Yeah. So then I started um, getting involved and partying again. And up until I started this fight camp, I was partying every weekend, but it's different to when I was doing it when, yeah. when Lizzie. I actually enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed having the time to party, to be at my venues, to be at my parties, to get involved with everyone and, and get stuck in. Yeah. But I've always said... You are that guy. But that's what I've got to do. But, you know, because I, I, I can't do it sober, but I got fully involved anyway. I've always said, if partying or doing something too much ever affects your mindset or your your business, you need to knock it on the head. Yeah. So that fight kind of came round at a good time for me. Yeah. The opportunity to fight. However, it was like a catch twenty two. It came round at the time where I need to stop partying. Now I need to get back into fitness. But I had six weeks to prepare for a fight on a massive global show when I was at the worst shape of my entire life. Like I genuinely haven't been to gym since last October when yeah. the other fight got cancelled. Yeah. You know, so to get through this fight camp, there was a few things that got me through. When I was going back to my corner after a big spa and I've been punched in the face so many times and which I was Which is horrible, by the way. Which was, unless you've done it, you won't know <laughs> yeah, how horrible yeah. it is. And when I was going back to my corner nice. and I'm having a breather to bring my heart rate down again and I've been bust up and blah, blah, blah. There was a certain few things that I thought about, yeah. I thought about Azalea. And what you're doing, genuinely, I did because it takes. What you do is just a different level of endurance and power and strength and everything in so many aspects. I thought about Danny Boy, a kid who got in touch with me when I was in Thailand with Deacon at the beginning of the year. He's 15, he, 15, 16, same age as Deacon. He's going through what, and it brought me out, mate. I thought this lad is so cool, and he's talking to me, and you'd have never have thought. Yeah. And, and I found out, and he's same age as Deacon. I just felt so blessed and so sorry, and but etc. He's a, I've been to see Danny Boy a few times, cool yeah. kid, really, really cool kid, being with his family, had dinner with his family, etc. I thought about him. I thought about Betsy. Betsy's so positive. If you've seen this girl online, a uh, little girl called Betsy, she's 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 really... I mean, I've seen her, was it last Saturday? She's mate, beautiful. She's the cutest, funniest, most positive person you'd never expect that she's... She's, she's been through such yeah. a serious, serious thing. And for her age, it's, it's horrible. Another thing that I thought about was my great granddad, because when he, it's going to sound deep, but it's genuinely what I thought about. When I was in this fight camp, I was, uh, I got a, a flu, I think it's been a bit of flu yeah. going around, and I had to keep training, and I really didn't want to, I was knackered. Yeah. I genuinely, my throat was so sore, I felt like a shaking and stuff like that, but I had to keep doing because I only had five weeks to prepare for a fight. Yeah. So I just thought, well, when my granddad fought in World War Two. And he was in the trenches for God knows how many years, three, four years. If they had a cold, they had to Could get he have up a day off? They had, no. They had to get up and fight. Could he lie in bed? No, no. he couldn't. He, he had to get up and fight. Could he feel so, sorry for himself? No, he no. couldn't. They had, they had people coming on to us. When I fought my great-granddad, yeah, it was called great-granddad, ah, my great-granddad yeah. Deacon. When I had flu and I didn't want to go to the gym, oh, I thought, oh, I thought my great-granddad had to fight when he was at war, if he had a flu, which I'm sure he would have done. Yeah. Azalea had to fight. You've got to fight every day. Betsy's got to fight. Danny Boy's got to fight. You know what? I'm going to fight and I'm going to win this fight and I'm going to train and I'm going to train like a fighter. Yeah. And they're what got me through. So I didn't deserve that money, the, the, what I was going to get paid. Obviously, I didn't get paid. So I didn't deserve it and it cost me money to do it. But from the beginning, 
your angel and these people and my granddad and stuff got me through it. So I just wanted to do something nice. And I always planned on giving the money away, but obviously I didn't get paid. So it's not as much as I would have got paid, unfortunately. But it's out of my personal. So me and Deacon are going to be on Baked Beans on Toast for the rest of the year. But it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> what goes wrong, well, you know, good things come back around in the universe. So I know if you put good in the universe, it's going to come back around to me. And I've had so many blessings. So I want to I try and help. So when you say, well, why did we do it last year at Christmas? It was because everyone got involved. It was that raffle you know, the raffle for the, the car. And I thought I wanted to give it to your charity because everyone, that was a piece for everyone. Yeah. This time I fought tooth and nail for that money, bro. I was sparring every day after. I went, worse shape, I told you, blah, 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 I'd done it. But they what got me through. So that's the reason that I wanted to give it to you. So, and to the kids and to us earlier and to everyone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I said, I wish I could give more. I wish, uh -huh. I, could give, I wish I could give more, bro. But like I said, I've got to buy no. baked beans now. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to accept this yet. I'm still trying to get over it. Like, like I said, I've had my tears. I, I'm gonna fucking speak to you after. Don't surprise me like that again, yeah, yeah, live. Because yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I know they're watching and you're gonna have me crying on there. Yeah, but yeah. mate. And obviously it's cash. I know we're going to put that in, but we're going to get into charity and all that. But I wanted to turn up here. I wasn't even going to do it on here, but I wanted to turn up here and just give you that. I said, boom, this is what I've got for you. This is for the thing. And you know, sometimes you don't... Man, I get surprised every time. I mean, you know, there's been so many amazing people to me on on this journey, you know what I mean? And you start to realise sometimes, even on this walk can be a very dark and cynical place. You start to realise how beautiful it can be. And... You know, like sometimes I'm still shocked and took back a lot of the time. Like I still, I, I still find it hard to really process. You know, certain things that just happened. Like I think, like, y y you've come here today. You know, I really wanted to get you here. You know what I mean? And I've got you here today. You've come down here by your choice, out of your own time. You know, you couldn't do something like this. And I just like sometimes, man, it, it fills you up because it, yeah. it's just a, you know, you are a beautiful person and it, and you aren't just, you know, an absolute live wire. You're not just an amazing artist, do you know what I mean? You're not just a great dad. You're actually a beautiful person that is trying to help. And, you know, yeah. I think that's what's important. And, and that's why, like, you know, I am your friend. I'll always be your friend. Yeah. And why I'm appreciative. Uh, very Bro, you help me man. every day, man. You help me every day and you help millions of other people every day. Even saying that now makes me feel like filling up. You yeah. help everybody, bro. And what you put yourself through, you and your team, is it your brother and your, your sister? Yeah. Cousin, yeah. Your cousin and all that. What do you put yourselves through every day to lift people's spirits, if anything, is unbelievable, bro. So thank you. You know, no thanks for having me down today. And um, and can I ask you something before we go? Right, you know, this podcast about the people. We've talked about you know a lot of things in your life. We've talked about how you've overcome a lot of things. We've talked about you know how generous you are now. If there's something that you can leave the listeners with today, what would it be? Give them a sentence. Give them something. Onwards and upwards is the only option. Yeah. That's what I say to myself all the time. Onwards and upwards is our only option. Just keep going. Let's fucking go, champ. Listen, yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming, Thank man. You, and it's you, always love. Love Thank you too, you, man. Love You're you, an absolute Thanks diamond, man. Cheers, Let's bro. go. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fierce Minds, Kind Hearts. If you are suffering, struggling, or want to know more about mental health, head to mind.org.uk. Remember, your voice will always be heard and there is always someone to talk to.